BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today, we're declaring that financial independence exists on a spectrum. Yeah, I like that you said declaring because it makes me think of uh, the Declaration of Independence as well. And That's course, what it was supposed to make you think of. Of course, this is the uh, the the Fourth of July week. Happy belated Fourth of July. Fourth uh, of July was yesterday. Hopefully, you were, you were able to take some time off. Hope you were celebrate the fact that we uh, no longer have to pay taxes without representation. That's Instead, right. we pay taxes. With representation, <laughs> but uh, but yes, I hope we, everyone wore like some uh, swimwear that had the United States flag on it. Absolutely. Set off some fireworks, uh, drank a really crummy beer. That's the only day that it's really acceptable. <laughs> but this also, anytime we get we start getting close to the Fourth of July towards Independence Day, it does make us think about financial independence. And today we're going to talk about some of the, I, th- I think, some different levels of financial independence that we think are going to be helpful. We're not talking about like barista fi or that kind of thing, but some more practical levels of fi that we think are going to be incredibly helpful as you are on your path towards some sense of financial freedom. Yeah, like the stepping stones along the way. And when you can identify those stepping stones, it makes a big difference in how you perceive moving along that path. And not only that, not only in like the psychological realm, but it makes a difference in the actions you can take along the way too. Totally. Yeah. Should we have called it the stepping stones of financial independence? That Maybe sounds a little have. more <laughs> a little more tame. But uh, okay, so last week we had an ask how to money question that we answered and a listener was asking about how he could negotiate some medical bills. And we specifically mentioned Healthcare Blue Book, how it's the site that you can go check out, compare the prices of some some different procedures. Mm-hmm. Well, listener Kay 
Kayla, she actually talked about how she was able to use this other website. It's called MD Save. Yeah, she sent us an email, by the way. And anytime yeah. you've got crackerjack information on the personal finance front, shoot us an email. I had a moneypod.gmail.com. A, we just love knowing what's out there, but mostly because so that we can turn around and share it with exactly. you, all of our listeners out there. Yeah. But she said she was able to pay three times less for an MRI than basically what the average rate of that procedure was, was going to cost yeah. there where she lives. So it's amazing. A massive win. The It's, it's hard, <laughs> but not impossible to comparison shop healthcare procedures. And so I love that uh, another website is out there trying to make this mm-hmm. opaque area a little bit easier. So big props, big thanks to listener Kayla for mentioning this and hopefully everybody else can find mdsave.com, a helpful resource. We'll link to it in our show notes for this episode, That's but right, man. It's, it's one of those things where uh, I wish it were simpler. I, I wish it was like Google Shopper kind of thing for healthcare, but well, with, they kind of MD Save is kind of like they kind of make it like that exactly. So over time, as more folks know about it, like that's what makes Google Shop or, or Amazon so ubiquitous is the fact that so many people use it, mm-hmm. and it's just the fact that not a lot of people know about some of these different websites. So yeah. again, mdsave.com, Healthcare Blue Book, check them out, especially if you have a non life threatening emergency, <laughs> <laughs> a procedure that you have to that you have to get done. Yeah. But uh, Joel, let's introduce our beer. Yeah, call nine one one or go directly to the hospital <laughs> if. You know, something life-threatening is happening. Yeah, you don't want to be cheap. Right, but if it's one of those things where like, (laughs) I got to do this sometime in the next three, six months, then you have time to shop. You got time to be frugal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our beer this episode is by Big Ditch Brewing Company, and it's called Hay Burner. It is an American IPA. Looking forward to, to sharing this one. Yeah, uh, listeners, Liz and Tyler actually sent this one our way. That's right. They're Buffalo Bills fans, apparently. So I don't really care much about the NFL these days, but I hear the Bills are good. So are they? I'm happy for Liz and Tyler. Good for them. And maybe I'll root for them because the Falcons are always bad. But uh, <laughs> let's let's move on, Matt. Let's get to the subject at hand. We're talking about financial independence and how it exists on a spectrum, the stepping stones, really, of <laughs> financial independence. And it makes me think, speaking of sports, talking about football, uh, this topic made me think about the home run obsession of 1998 that took over the whole country. You were alive then. We were like 14 years old. I remember so. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, no, you were older than that. You were probably 16. I was 14. Uh, 98. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, but Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, those are the two eyeballs on those two guys more than anybody else. And granted, yes, it was all fueled by steroids and corked bats and stuff like that. But home runs. Well, we didn't know it at the time. We didn't. You're like ruining all the fun. And so we all thought it was great. <laughs> and it was good, wholesome fun when really not quite. But uh, yeah, the home runs kind of became the only meaningful metric in the sport of baseball, which in my my mind actually made it a whole lot more boring. A lot of people were super into hmm. it. I thought the opposite was true because doubles, stolen bases, shoestring catches, that to me is the fun stuff about baseball. Uh, the, the 450 foot bomb though, especially when it's done on repeat, it gets boring after a while. I get that. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, show me May something else. May as well else. sit there and watch the D- Daytona 500, right. speaking of American sports. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the after, same thing happening after. over and yeah, over. That's why Formula One is more interesting than NASCAR. I agree. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> but uh, the home run really is an all or nothing approach. And some folks, they take that same approach to financial independence. They come up with a, a fine number, right? An amount they need to save up in order to bag work completely. But the truth is, financial independence exists on more of a spectrum. It is not an all or nothing thing. And we believe 
that thinking about it in that way is going to help you from a mental and from a financial perspective. Totally. Yeah. Plus, nothing is more American than talking about baseball. Forget the Formula One comment, everybody out there. So, Joel, good example <laughs> here with the, <laughs> the baseball analogy. Uh, and actually, we just went to our, our first Braves game of the year the other night. We had a, a great time. Speaking of home runs, the Braves have been hitting a lot of home runs lately. Yeah, they hit a, an insane number of them last month, right? Uh, but go big or go home. Like, it's got a certain ring to it, right? Like, it's got a, it's a nice rallying cry. But it's also not really all that practical, and uh, one of the problems with that go big or go home approach is that it can make, uh, when it comes to money, and we're talking about financial independence here, is that it can make financial independence seem unattainable, that it is just out of reach of the typical American. It's all or nothing. And because of that, you're going to have to put your nose to the grindstone for a long stinking time before you can accomplish that goal. Or if something like the another problem, too, is like if something is unattainable and you just feel or believe that you can't do it, what do you do? Typically, you give up, yeah. right? Uh, it's it's kind of the other side of the coin here, but it can be, I think, just as disheartening. Uh, but what if you thought about financial independence as a spectrum instead? Something that you are gradually achieving more of. We think that that is a healthier approach that is also going to accelerate your progress. Yes, and I think it deserves a brief mention here real quick, Matt, that money is not the only kind of wealth. That is, this is how to money. We talk about money a lot, yeah. but... This is all... like the disclaimer before we launch into credit card benefits <laughs> or credit card rewards. Exactly, yeah. And, and obviously, that's what we focus on on the show. But wealth is really... I guess if you're going to give it, it's it's uh, the the most basic definition would be something like an abundance of resources, and that doesn't specifically have to mean U.S. dollars, right? I mean, it can mean a whole lot of things. And even though we want how to money listeners to become wealthy from a money perspective, building up savings and investments, we also want you to enjoy wealth and abundance uh, in all those sectors of your mm-hmm. life that matter. And so the truth is, focusing intently on money as the only source of wealth that you care about, that will likely prevent you from attaining wealth in other important areas. So there's this recent uh, Schwab survey, Matt, about about how people perceive wealth. And it, they found that, that wealth looks a lot more like not having to stress over money than having a lot of money, That's true. which I think speaks exactly to what we're talking about here. A Scrooge McDuck-esque uh, like amount of money so that you can swim in it is not really what people are after. Most people are after not stressing about money. And that is the cool thing sure. I think about this spectrum is that it, it de-stresses you and how you relate to your finances more and more over time. And so that that's a better way of thinking about growing your wealth than uh, amassing the biggest number possible. Totally. Yeah. And even outside of the arena of money, though, like there are other aspects of life that we think that are important to focus on. Like recently, I think like we've talked about the different arenas of, of life. And re- actually, even more recently, I've come, I come across this um, framework or this approach to life. It's called the SPIRE approach. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, it stands for, and it's, again, it kind of divides your life into different sectors, whatever, but talks about like the spiritual, the physical, the intellectual relationships, emotional. We want to find health in all of these areas mm-hmm. of, in life. And what, and this was based on research done somewhat recently, but what was interesting about it is that there are lots of different folks who have thought hard and done research into this and they all kind of come back to these same things. It's, and so it's not like this some new fad or something like that. Mm-hmm. This is something that rings true, I think, for, for all of us. And what was really interesting, though, is that money was very much absent from <laughs> that lineup. And so does that mean we're going to stop talking about money here on the show? No, of course not. Because obviously being financially secure 
allows you to achieve health in a lot yes. of these different areas in life. It's a tool, but oftentimes it can become the focus. It, it, you know, it's the tool that we think is the end all be all as opposed to a means to an end. And so it's worth pointing out that though overall on the show here at How to Money, we talk about personal finances. Ultimately, what we are pushing you to do is to focus on some of these other areas in life that ring true to you because uh, they're going to be more that are yeah. more important to you than than the next guy. And that's where the stepping stone approach makes a whole lot of sense because instead of viewing it as a, uh, I got to amass $1.7 million to actually be financially independent, your focus then is probably too much on money, money, money. Mm-hmm. And if you can see it as, uh, on the, the stepping stone, oh, I just made more progress. Oh, I got a little more further in this, this direction. I'm, I'm achieving more financial independence. It can allow you to, to be less focused on uh, money overall, which I think is a good thing. It's not just, and it shouldn't be that you're just working your butt off until you can find retire, right? Uh, potentially when you're far less able to actually enjoy the fruits of your labor because there are other aspects of health that you have neglected. Specifically, I'm referring to physical health in this case. Your nose to the grindstone, working 60 hours a week, you're and, missing out on the relational you, and the and health the relation, aspects. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's all of those areas uh, of life within that spire framework can suffer yeah. if you are overly focused on your net worth. You might have more money, but you're probably less happy, less y- successful. Yeah, and you really are. from an overall perspective. You're richer financially, but you're poor in all yes. of the other areas that matter much more. And the truth is, when it comes to viewing money or financial independence specifically on a spectrum, your options, they grow with each step that you take with, with every additional dollar that you are able to bank. Well, it's also important to mention the goal of financial independence isn't just to be able to consume more than you can now. I think some people think that yeah. like, more money means, who I'm just delaying consumption and more then I stuff. can go yeah. hog wild, right? Yeah. And it's it's not about being able to afford more filet mignon instead of just <laughs> the plain old cheap chicken thighs or something like that. Don't you knock chicken thighs? No, they're great. It makes the best fried chicken. They're, I know. They're actually <laughs> they're actually cheap but tasty. But even as your level of financial independence grows, it is nice to have more choice from a consumer standpoint. I'll admit to that, but the true goal of having more money in the bank is more about being able to choose the life you want, choosing the life you want to live, what you do with your time, and thinking about financial independence on this spectrum that we're going to kind of lay out here. It makes it easier to adjust your goals as your life changes too. For instance, like having kids, it might mean you want to work less. And if you have gotten a couple more steps down the road on that path to financial independence, you can make that choice. And uh, th- that is something you can do in your 30s as opposed to saying uh, thinking of financial independence just as this uh, long distance destination that you're working towards. Makes me think, Matt, of that old parable of the fisherman, right? And oh yes, he's enjoying fishing all day, sells a few of the fish, cracks a beer open with his buddies and someone comes along and says you could start a business out of this if we these fish that you catch are phenomenal yeah exactly you gotta expand yeah (laughs) and then he's like ultimately the goal is to get back to the exact life he's living now right (laughs) which is which is fishing for a few hours selling the fish having beers with his friends enjoying his community and his family and so I think uh, that can put it in perspective too I think that parable is really indicative of what a lot of people are after they're working their, their butt off and they're wasting actually some of these precious years they're working too hard Hard, uh, for for money in hopes that they can have some sort of leisurely retirement as opposed to incorporating some of that leisure, some of that joy now. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about the nuts and bolts here for a second, because the way it works, you move up the financial independence spectrum by doing a few different things simultaneously, right? It takes paying down debt. It takes saving your money. And then beyond that, it takes investing your money. Uh, and if you're plugging away at all three things simultaneously, which most of us are, well, you're going to be increasing your net worth 
worth, you're going to be increasing your liquidity over time, and you're eliminating more of these ongoing monthly obligations. Uh, but clearly, your money metrics are improving over the months and over the years of doing the right thing. And that should mean that you get to experience higher levels of freedom and autonomy along the way. It shouldn't just be reserved for quitting work altogether and waiting and only realizing that the at the end of the road that there's some sort of prize, some sort of medal that you're going to be able to attain. Yeah, there is no medal for financial life. No. Nope. From what I've seen, I haven't seen anyone get a medal. If I do, I'll let you know. But it, there's no trophies or anything like that. And so really, it is all about your mindset and your approach. And I think, unfortunately, Matt, most people, when they think about financial independence, they associate it with a go big or go home mindset. They uh, associate it with that all or nothing mentality, the home run or nothing, right? Or strikeout, mm -hmm. which is what actually makes baseball more boring these days. Uh, although it is quicker. The games were quicker. Like the one we went to well, two and a half hours. That was nice. Just because of that pitch clock, man. I that, know. That... I think the the thing is, it's it's not that crushing a homer isn't a bad thing, right? And it makes me think of this old That's true. Braves player, Raphael Belliard. I think he, he played for like 16 years and he literally hit two home runs in his entire career. <laughs> I'm sure he's glad that he hit a couple homers and like didn't never hit one, right? The entire yeah. time he was in the league. Dude, he was like so small and he choked up on the bat. And so he was like a, a, a slap single kind of hitter, uh -huh. but he was quick and he was good on defense. So it's not that we're we're against your ability to make big strides, right? Sure. And and I think uh, getting to the point where you can actually quit work altogether and completely living off your nest egg, that's worth striving for. That is part of the spectrum. That is the home run. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but usually you're going to get there through a, you're going to round the bases through uh, a single, a stolen base, and then the RBI hit uh, to get yeah. you in, right? That's so it's what, gonna, And that's what most guys do. Like yeah. that's what... They call it manufacturing runs Yeah, baseball. that's that's like the majority of baseball is, yes. is that. And like we were lucky enough to see a couple homers uh, the other night as well. Yeah. And it's, it is a ton of fun. You it's, just want you just want a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's it's a it's a ton of fun, but at the same time, if that is all that you were going for, it would make for honestly just a boring sport to watch. Yes, it would. Yeah, it, it, we think if that's the only thing you're focused on, the home run or the ultimate number, you're missing out on a whole lot in between. So that's why we think it is worth laying out all of these different stages along the way uh, on your on your way to ultimate financial independence. We will delineate, we will lay out that spectrum, how that should impact your savings and investing habits. And we'll get to all that right after this. Jill, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes. For instance, that's something we've been in the middle of, but it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. 
So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. All right, we are back and we're probably done with all of the baseball. No, no actually, we're probably not. We're, <laughs> we'll probably refer to it again. There are uh, probably people out there listening and they're like, I like, could care less. They're like, I thought Matt and Joel were like soccer guys. Hey, we are still soccer yeah. guys, but we just... It was fun to go to a baseball. I had like that was literally my first game that I'd been to at the at Truist Park. Oh, I didn't know that was your first. Game. Yes, I've been outside it before. Like yeah. Kate and I, the Battery. There's like restaurants and stuff. So we've done date yeah. nights there before, but we've never. I've never actually been to a game there. That's a good. And spot. I almost said match. <laughs> <laughs> never been to a match there. Yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead now and discuss some of these different levels of financial independence. Uh, the ones that we think are important to identify. And by the way, these yeah. are proprietary terms we've come up. Oh with. yeah. Nobody influenced us. The, we came up with our. We, we came said, up with these. This is the spectrum that how to money guys have have outlined that's right and at the very bottom of the spectrum is what we're going to call no fi <laughs> <laughs> this means that you're likely living paycheck to paycheck you have literally zero financial freedom and you are completely dependent on your job your job the the whims of your employer uh and this is actually a big chunk of americans as we all know too well this is the uh the the 40 plus percent of folks who can't afford a $400 unexpected expense. Yeah, we see that number come out every year. It gets updated, and it's always right yes. in that vicinity. And here's the thing, though. Like, this is where everyone starts. Unless maybe, like, you're a trust fund baby. Uh, trust fund baby if you were born with a, a silver spoon in your mouth. But um, given, honestly, like, given the cold reality of student loan debt in our country, a giant swath of young folks out there are, are starting out just in a bigger hole than just NoFi, right? It's not that they're starting at zero, they're actually starting off with that negative net worth. Yeah. Uh, but when you are no-fi, well, you don't have any options available to you because you got to keep working for that next paycheck. No work means no money. You don't have the options and you literally have no financial independence. Yeah, and again, you said this is where people start. 
and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame no. in that game. This is the reality for most people as they're beginning out. No shame. I wish. I look back to my early years. I'm like, I was no five for a while, man. Like yeah, we should. We brought, maybe we should have come up with like beyond that, like negativify <laughs> or something like. Because yeah. that's technically it's folks like student, who are coming out of school probably what we with, call it. with loans. Yes. If only. I think a, a lot of folks are probably thinking that. If only I could have graduated and had a net worth of zero. But in fact, I had to negative net worth yeah. of $26,000 or, or 46, whatever it is. So we get it. Just trying to get back to zero is that in and of itself, a difficult thing. And that is part of the stepping stone is saying like, listen, I got to get beyond, I got to get beyond here. And so the next step, the next place you're going to want to venture on your FI spectrum journey is you want to get the credit card FI. That's what we're calling it. You know, cause, cause really how long you end up hanging out at each of these stages of financial independence is kind of up to you. It's up to your actions. It's how uh, up to how quickly you're able to, to pay off debt, to save more. Uh, it's up to how quickly you're able to increase your income, right? Mm-hmm. And so do you fall into a rut of living paycheck to paycheck, staying there for longer than you otherwise should? Or are you immediately trying to create some margin in order to advance to the next stage of financial independence, which is this credit card fry, right? That's right. That's how you get from no fi to credit card fry. Yes, you got it. Dang it, I said fry. Credit card <laughs> fi. Yeah, well, it involves habits, right? And it involves mm-hmm. making changes, it, little tweaks to each one of these, these each one of these things. And so uh, this is this is when you still don't have much credit card fi, but you've amassed enough to give yourself some basic breathing room, right? And most importantly, you, you're no longer dependent on your credit cards when unexpected expenses crop up. And there's a reason, Matt, that our first money gear is to have a basic emergency fund set aside where you have $2,467 in the bank at your disposal. And you know we're all uh, for using credit cards wisely, you and me, that's what we recommend, but we don't mm-hmm. want them to become a crutch, something you have to rely on when a few unexpected I- expenses pop up in your life. That's right. Yeah. And once you've got that basic emergency fund on hand, it's going to feel like you're finally able to, to take a time out where you can get a sip of water and a, a quick rest after having run the basketball court for most of the first half. Well, See, more sports references. We're switching it Look up at now. You. <laughs> it's not ideal, right? Like you still want to have maybe a longer rest at halftime, but at least it's something. That's where the stage of financial independence gets you. It's a, it's a fairly low bar, but considering where so many Americans are with their finances, it's what a lot of folks need to be aiming for, right? Like just getting to this point, it can relieve a lot of stress. And we're not just talking about folks who are making minimum wage. We're talking about high wage earners as well. I think oh, yeah. like the it's a majority of folks who make more than $100,000 are living paycheck to paycheck. It's yeah. like 51% or something like that. And so we're not just picking on folks who are maybe either just starting out in their career or folks who have a job where, hey man, I'm just not gonna make a ton of money here. No, no, we're talking to folks who make good money, but even still, they are making the same mistakes with their with their finances. Yeah, they're outspending their paycheck, even though that paycheck is relatively large. The next step along the way is achieving what we call layoff I. And uh, this is the next level to shoot for on the how to money financial independence spectrum, because it's when you not only have that base amount of $2,467 saved up, it's when you have a fully funded emergency fund. And so, yeah, this is basically when you have three to six months worth of expenses on hand in that savings account, whether you should have the leaner three months or the fatter six months, that really depends on a number of things. One of which is, do you live in a a two income household or not? I think if that's that's the case, yeah, you can have a little bit less socked away in savings. If you are, have, uh, do you have tenure at the university where you teach? Right. Maybe you'll be okay. It's like, no, I could (laughs) literally punch the Dean in the face and I would still retain my job. You might not need to have quite as much on hand. It depends on your risk 
tolerance, right? Sure. Like how comfortable you are with your, your income dropping or if you are willing or capable, honestly, of cutting back on your within your expenses were you to earn less money. Uh-huh. And that there's so many different things you have to take into account because that is something that you may, may have been more willing to do or more capable of doing back before you had kids. But now you have kids and man, there are certain expenses that are necessary for me to go work like yeah. childcare. That's right. something we got to pay for or yeah, all yeah. important things to keep in mind. Exactly. No, I think that's a great point. And we're calling this layoff I because that bare bones e-fund, that's not going to get you very far if you lose your job. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> uh, but beyond that initial savings threshold that we want you to achieve, having layoff fi money uh, on hand in, in, you know, in your bank account, that'll smooth out some of those bigger bumps in life like getting fired, right? If you do punch someone in the face of your job <laughs> or hopefully just laid off. Hopefully there's no violence involved. We're also not advocating for violence. Right. Don't yes. punch anybody. Don't do that. But yeah, if unless it, you are, uh, yeah, Elon Musk or Zuckerberg. We haven't, <laughs> yeah. we haven't talked about that here on the oh show yet, but if and when that does happen, we're there for it. Uh, I'll, I'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs> the most unentertaining actual fight, but the, the best ex- buildup in yeah. human history. <laughs> 100%. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, this is, yeah, hopefully you're not getting fired. You're just getting laid off. And even then we obviously don't want that. But you want to be prepared for the potential of a layoff because they happen, right? An unexpected layoff is one of those things that can set you back in your financial progress meaningfully. And a few months of not being in a job can make it can make it feel like it sets you back years in mm-hmm. your finances. Uh, by the way, Matt, I uh, know this from personal experience, not from my own layoff, but from my dad being laid off when we were kids. That was a tough thing to come back from. And it really, really can. It can derail a career. And so you just having that layoff fine money doesn't make it easy to get that news, but it does make it less financially obtrusive. And so mm-hmm. if you haven't socked away a big savings nest egg, it's uh, it's a precarious feeling to get laid off. Yeah. That's what we want people to have is like more money on hand to then be able to endure the bigger road bumps that life throws at you. Yeah, it doesn't feel good living on the edge like that. And largely because those bigger, those more jarring events like a layoff would throw you into a, an adverse financial state pretty quickly. But uh, having this much on hand, it also ensures that you can take a little more time before you have to commit to a new job. Uh, And so whether that means just maybe getting a little bit of rest, you know, taking a couple weeks off, or just allowing you to turn down a job that's not necessarily ideal because you have some savings to back you up. You know, you've got that fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of living expenses set aside, having achieved layoff I. This is a, a clutch stage as you are ratcheting, as you're moving along that financial independence spectrum. Yeah, I had a friend who lost his job a couple of years ago, and I just remember being so bummed that he didn't have like layoff I status Ooh. because it w- he had to take the first job that came along and it paid less than the one he had just lost. And that's a tough spot to be in. If you have extra months worth of expenses, you can be a little pickier. And I think that can, that can ultimately uh, help you rebound and ensure that your career stays intact. Uh, and, and the financial independence, so and where you're at on your journey to financial independence makes a big difference in the choices you can make mm-hmm. or that you're forced to make in the moment. Absolutely. Um, all right. Next on the spectrum is peace out fi. That's what we're calling it. We've yeah. talked about peace out money before. Mm-hmm. That's um, some people call it fu money, but we're more tactful than those people, Matt. And so, um, yeah, I think this is really when someone has saved beyond six months of living expenses. So maybe that is layoff fi is up to six months, and then beyond that is like okay, your peace out fi. And instead of just being prepared for a layoff. 
Now you can even engineer your own layoff that's if that's right. what you want to do. And it's still best to give two weeks of notice. You don't want to intentionally burn bridges. And that's why we don't call it FU money because peace out money just sounds like uh, you're doing it in, in a peaceful, joyous way <laughs> as opposed to throwing a Molotov cocktail through the door. Sticking it to the man. As you leave, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, you, you can though, and you should feel the freedom to step away from a job for things like health health reasons or to take care of an ailing pa- a parent or a spouse rather than taking a more passive role in your employment and hoping that you're not next on the chopping block you're actively steering the car of your own life towards what others might see as a financial cliff yeah. <laughs> but they don't know that you've achieved uh, peace out fi they don't know that you've got the uh, financial wherewithal and the dollars in the bank account to back you up that's right uh, even if you're like you know it, like it makes me think of even being able to n- negotiate your own layoff matt we talked about that with Sam Dogan, the financial samurai at one mm-hmm. point. And if you've got cash in the bank and you see writing on the wall, things aren't good at your employer. Hey, you know what? You can volunteer as tribute, negotiate uh, a pretty sweet uh, severance package. And that combined with the amount of money you've been able to save, you you can peace out for a while. Yeah. That gives you even more runway to make the decisions that you think are going to be best, not only for you and your life, but for your family. And, and yeah. ultimately, well, yeah, I should have said ultimately your family, but, <laughs> but I was going to say your career as well and kind of what direction you want to go in. But this this level of financial independence, this level of fight also comes with more power to push back. And, you know, going back to avoiding the, the all or nothing mindset. You also don't have to completely quit when something is going on at work, when something happens that you're not a fan of, but you can if you just can't stomach your boss or if you can't handle the uh, the insufferable hours anymore. It's like uh, office space. I'm going to need you to come in on. <laughs> it's like if you don't bother coming on Saturday, don't come in on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, that that's a, at that point, when you're peace out fi, you can be like, mm, okay, now that's too much. I'm, I'm gone. Exactly. You, you really can at that point. Yeah. But what, like what we're talking about here, though, is just the ability, like the confidence that you might have to start having some conversations because this level of financial freedom can just help you to negotiate for the things that you really want. And it's going to be easier to negotiate successfully when you really can walk away if in case they call your bluff and they're like, no, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. And you can say, all right, well, uh, then this isn't going to work out for me anymore. You can kind of really uh, exhibit that Peter in office space degree of apathy, (laughs) you know, that cool, calm, collected. Okay, cool. Let it roll off your back like a duck when you when your peace out fi. You really can just be like, okay, that's great. No worries, mm-hmm. but you don't this, this doesn't work for me now. You don't have to smash up any equipment no. either, but uh, you have the ability, like you said, to We're getting violent on this one again, too. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's the, the whole office space <laughs> thing. Uh, let's talk about the next stage of phi, which is sabbatical phi. It's sort of like a peace out phi, but on steroids. So this means you can take an extended absence from work and be just fine. It means that if you quit, you're not immediately looking for a new gig like you would with uh, with Peace Out Fi. Typically with Peace Out Fi, you are walk peacefully walking away from that job. You're saying peace out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically it means you're like, all right, maybe I'll sit low, you know, kind of chill out for a little bit. But I'm going to start looking for my next job. Yeah. Not so with Sabbatical Fi. You're, you're actually able to enjoy a lengthy period of rest. And uh, you might even have enough on hand to completely change what it is that your your life and your career looks like. Uh, so, like, we're not really talking about like a simple extended vacation that your employer might offer. You know, like they might call taking four weeks off a sabbatical, <laughs> and that's not really the definition that we're going after here. Like, what's what's at the heart of what we're calling sabbatical fi is the ability almost to reinvent yourself. This is when you have the freedom to change 
course in your career. Like it's when you can fulfill a desire to go back to school and to, to learn something new. It's, it's when you have the confidence to start a new business. These are all bigger things than just being able to say, peace out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go find another job. Sabbatical Fi is like, who am I? <laughs> it's, it's, it's that sitting on the curb moment uh, and you're asking God what it is that you should do next. Well, yeah, and yeah, four weeks, what a pitiful sabbatical. Like people I know. Like, that's really, uh, eight weeks is like the minimum a sabbatical should be in my opinion. But um, yeah. I was glad, I don't know how, I, I came across this website, I think it was called Sabbatical Guide and I don't know, popped up when I was researching sabbatical. And evidently, according to folks who are there on his website that interact and stuff, the average length of sabbat- time for sabbatical was eight months. Okay, wow. Which, which I was really happy to see. It's very impressive. At least yeah. the folks who are looking, trying to find sabbatical guidance. That's what, that's average for them. So yeah. I was happy to, and that's, I guess, well, if you what have, we're speaking to is the fact that there is a way, this isn't just taking a long leave of absence from your work, but sort of like, what's the next stage of my career? Yeah. Like, and what is it that it, I want to do? That happens for people because they're burned out. And this should not, mm-hmm. this should be more proactive, right? It should be more like, I'm choosing this <laughs> as opposed to, yeah. I can't take it anymore, right? And uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be exclusive, I, yeah. you know, like, because you might find yourself in that situation as well. All yeah. different flavors. Sure. Well, and, and okay, so the sabbatical uh, five makes me think of our friend Chad Carson, friend of the show. We've uh, had him on before. We're going to have him on again, actually, uh, soon because he's written a new book about uh, real estate. And, mm-hmm. and he's done multiple year-long stints, uh, sabbaticals, essentially, with his family. He's still working a little, doing his, his small business thing, which he can do from anywhere in the world that he wants. And I think that sort of choice, it sounds impossible for most folks. But if you have handled your finances as well, if you've kept your expenses low, if you've been you know, saving at a, a high clip and you've got enough cash or uh, passive income in the case of, of Chad, who's invested in real estate, you can really make this a reality. He takes the opportunity to, to go to a different country when he does this. And mm-hmm. uh, the first time he did it, it was South America. This time around, it was a year in Spain. And so it's a... It, it, it creates a cultural experience for his kids and for him too, like living in a, a walkable city that he never, you know, he might've got to visit for a couple of weeks, but he got a whole year there, man. He got That's, to develop a community. I and can't wait to talk to him about it. I this. know. I'm so excited to <laughs> cut, just really hear about all the details, but this is the kind of thing where sabbatical can really, if you, if you hit this point, uh, it gives you the option to do something crazy that most of your friends would be like, how in the world are you even able to do that? Mm-hmm. And, and so much of it, it becomes possible from one, a mindset change to thinking, Oh, I, I can get there, but also through handling your finances in such a way that you have enough money to really make this possible without freaking out, right? That's right. But okay, this brings up the question, Matt, of saving versus investing, because we've talked a lot about cash in the bank, and that is certainly a part of it. Some of it has to be liquid, but in order to grow your wealth for ultimate financial independence, you got to invest it too. So we're going to talk about the dichotomy of that and uh, explain our, our last steps and really how to think about financial independence. We'll get to all that right after this. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so Woo-hoo. we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or 
you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little health aid kombucha every day and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is health aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice and it's super thirst quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon I'll have some. It's super easy and it's affordable too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. <laughs> Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step -step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. All right, let's continue our journey along the spectrum of financial independence. And you, you kind of, you know, you mentioned this right before the break, but like all of the levels that we've talked about up until now, all the different levels of FI, they basically require having cash in the bank. Like you need to be able to tap those reserves, basically, if something happens. Because honestly, a lot of the things that we discussed you are reacting to something, right? Yeah. Like whether it's an emergency that pops up, whether it is, oh man, conditions at work just got pretty terrible. <laughs> like I think maybe the sabbatical fi is one of the ones that you can plan for maybe a little bit further in advance. Well, makes me think about my last job, some sort of ruthless private equity firm bought out the radio station Ooh. I worked for and it changed the entire dynamic there of working there. And so people were like, if, if you had the financial ability you might have been looking for something else, whereas if exactly. you didn't, you might have been stuck in place. And and this is why, too, you're right. What you're what you're speaking to is 401k money doesn't help you nearly as much in that situation mm -hmm. as liquid cash. So, it's, it's, I mean, there's a catch-22, right? Because you need to have that cash on hand in order to achieve some of these different levels of FI that we've talked about. But if you aren't investing for the long haul, well, how are you going to actually retire? How are you going to be able to reach that ultimate level of financial independence? We're all about those tax advantage retirement accounts, but you can't access those until you reach the, the ripe age of 59 and a half. And so if you sock everything away into those accounts, despite your growing net worth, you are going to be less likely to feel like that you're moving along the financial independence spectrum mm -hmm. because you are, it's almost a, a problem that these different financial products 
that they have created, right? Because they are created in such a way that there is a finish line. There is this goal, this award that you receive, which is the quote unquote retirement that so many folks are used to. The ability to draw down on those funds. Exactly. And so there's this structure in place that encourages us to think about financial independence in this way. So honestly, it's no wonder that this is a something that we're talking about because we think it's important but <laughs> the reason we're talking about it is because we think it's a problem that the that there are so many folks who think that the only way to consider themselves financially independent is if they have enough in the bank to actually retire on. Yeah, and that's why it takes more than just tax advantage retirement accounts to get you uh, further along this five spectrum. And so uh, I think really the right way to think about the saving versus investing conundrum in the uh, financial independence spectrum is to take the both and approach. And yeah, yeah the, it's to remove the dichotomy. It's not like whatever versus whatever. It's like, and yes, it's, it's more like improv. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yes and approach, <laughs> yes and, right? As opposed to like it being this this battle. Yes. Sort of like, uh, not to veer off course, but it's how we talk about Roth versus traditional. Oh, I thought you were going back to baseball. No, no, no. no. <laughs> going to boxing now. Oh, great. No, it's, it, it's, it's how we talk about Roth versus traditional uh, accounts. It's like, well, if you're at a certain point, yes, consider both because the ability to diversify your tax liability down the road, that's huge. Yeah. And on the boxing note, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I think that's maybe the saving and investing. Yeah, it's you need both, right? That's the Muhammad Ali approach. (laughs) Do it just like Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But, you know, I think liquid savings matters, but don't shoot for 18 months worth of savings before you invest your first time. That would not be the approach we would advise. That would be a touch nearsighted. Yeah, exactly. We actually want you investing as soon as you hit credit card fi, right? Which is early on in that financial independence spectrum. Once you've got a basic stash of $2,467, you do want to start funneling money towards investments. You do want to make sure you're at minimum getting the match on that 401k Mm -hmm. before you start saving more, right? Because savings alone isn't going to get you to the ultimate stop on your destination, right? You've got to experience compounding returns over a longer period of time if you want to achieve full financial independence, which is ultimately where we want you to end up, even though you're hitting those sweet spots along the way and enjoying greater levels of financial independence over the years. That's right, man. Yeah. So the last stop on the financial independence spectrum is when you can achieve full and ultimate financial independence. We didn't really come up with a, a cute, like a short cutesy. <laughs> the full Monty financial independence. Right? Like we didn't come up with anything like that. But if that is you, congrats. Because at this point, the, the world is your oyster. You never have to work again if you don't want to. Interestingly enough, though, like most, most folks do, especially if they are still young, they do want to do some sort of work, but they just might want to do less of it. And they might want to enjoy what it, whatever it is that they do a little bit more. They might want to have a little more flexibility to truly say, yeah, no, thank you. I'm going to work the hours I want to work. Does yeah. that work for you? <laughs> if not, then I'm going to have to bounce. Yeah. Uh, and, and even once you've achieved this level, you might still want to find ways to grow your net worth because maybe you've got goals of uh, generational wealth. Maybe you want to be super philanthropic. These are all other things to keep in mind as well. It doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't mean you have to retire and, you know, sip lemonade or sweet tea on the front porch right. while you watch all the youngins out there play. That, that does sound nice though. Yeah, it sounds all right. <laughs> <laughs> At least occasionally, right? Yeah. I still want to be active and doing stuff. But I agree. Yeah. Financial independence. It M- means maybe at like three o'clock after you've worked a nice solid five hours. Yeah. Or you know, like just there, there you, are, can, you can still work. You can still have your sweet tea in the rocking rocking chair on the porch. Yeah. Like, Cracker Barrel style. If that's, <laughs> if that's what you if that's what you want, Joel. <laughs> I just want the giant checkers, Matt. That's what I want. <laughs> well, I think the point you're making here is that work still holds value 
even if you don't do it and you don't need it for the money because there are other goals you can have uh, saving up more. And, and some of that might be just the impact that you're having uh, based on the work mm-hmm. that you're doing. Or you might want to yeah, uh, do, do volunteer work instead. I mean, there's all sorts of options when you get to this point of like full and complete FI, whatever we're calling it. We really should have come up with a better name on this one. But <laughs> alas, we got lazy. <laughs> Fully FI, that's what we'll call it. Fully FI. Yeah, there's right. nothing wrong with that. Okay, so let's talk about this as we're kind of like starting around this episode out and, and finishing up here. I, I think it's important to mention that because financial independence is on a spectrum, we want you to find ways to exploit where you are on that road to financial independence, right? As you continue to gain and accrue more of it, start to ask questions like, like, what do you want your days to look like? What do you want your weeks to look like? Because we would suggest that you really are able to morph and change your life uh, more than you think along the way. Mm-hmm. Th- this is the real power behind realizing that financial independence is a spectrum because you can take advantage of the progress you've made with each step that you take. The ultimate goal is not dying with millions in the bank. And in fact, I would suggest that is a rather pitiful goal to have. So don't be afraid to lean into your financial independence level and enjoy the benefits of it. Uh, say, uh, if you continue to think of it as this all or nothing equation, you probably won't find and you won't be able to appreciate the progress that you're making along the way. Yeah, maybe we should. It's not an on or off switch. It's a dimmer switch. Maybe we should call it a financial independence is a dimmer switch. (laughs) It's even it's even more milk toast than stepping stones. Right. Uh, But there's there's a fine line between lifestyle creep and what essentially what we're saying here, which is realizing your wealth. Right. Because on one on one hand, you are just being kind of carried away by the culture, the, the currents of culture. Right. And maybe you start you're thinking about buying something like you're thinking about buying a, a new SUV. Well, because that's what all the neighbors are doing or, oh, maybe it's because I care about what it is that the other parents at carpool, what it is that they think. And so it's worth thinking through, like, why am I actually doing this? Like, should I care what it is that they think? Or maybe I should care about the things that are truly important to me. It's like, again, going back to that Spire framework. How can I spend some of my wealth? How can I exercise some of my financial independence in a way that's going to lead to more health in those other areas in life? A very simple example could be getting your yard cut by like a lawn service or something, right? Like you could do that maybe because, well, that's what all the other guys are doing and this guy's really good. So maybe I'll just do that. In my mind, that's like an unhealthy approach. That to me feels more like lifestyle creep versus maybe you're doing it yourself and you think, man, like my Saturdays are completely taken up by yard work and I am not able to spend as much time as I wish I could with my kids. And my kids are very important to me. That's that relationship part of that Spire framework, right? So that to me feels more like a a healthy reason to spend some of your money in a way that's going to move the needle for you. Or I think the reason why, the why behind that choice makes a big difference. It's, it's all about the intention. Yeah. yeah, it's all about the intention. So for instance, like it makes me think about like an unhealthy work environment. Well, maybe it's worth considering pushing back on something because you're realizing that, hey, this is taking a toll on my body. Like I am not getting enough sleep. I am working way too much. Is it worth you stepping back a little bit, potentially giving up future raises or a promotion? Some of these different things that would lead to more money, but that's not what you've identified that you're after anymore. You have the money. How is it that you're able to exercise or realize your wealth? Yeah. All right. So you mentioned the carpool example. It made me think Mm -hmm. that, you know, what's going to impress them more? inviting them over and providing all the craft beer for them. And Boom. they're going to be like, oh, this person's cool. Who cares if they drive a jalopy? You know, I just, I think the things yeah. that we think impress other people don't impress them as much as we think. It's probably and, true. And so, yeah, maybe you're like, oh, they noticed that they're checking me out in my sweet Kia Telluride, which those are good looking SUVs. But uh, <laughs> I, I drive a, a 
incredibly old and incredibly <laughs> cheap vehicle. And I don't, and maybe I'm completely wrong and I'm just not reading the room right. I don't think people like I think less of me for doing so. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the, the ways in which you can foster a friendship are less about signaling uh, who you are, status symbols uh, by the things that you buy and the things that you own. And it's more about the way in which you relate to and care for other people. But Matt, I think part of the, the spectrum thing, one of the other things we want to encourage people to do is to, to figure out where they are along this spectrum of financial independence that we've that we've kind of outlined here mm-hmm. today. Start taking the the next steps towards the next level, right? So you might say, okay, cool. I am layoff fi and I want to get to peace out fi. That's my next goal, right? Yeah. And so just kind of like go through these again. We'll we'll list them all out in the show notes for the episode. And figure out where you are because once you know where you are then it's easier to figure out the path to where you want to get where you can make uh to where you can go next and so i think when when financial independence feels like a a series of smaller steps versus like i don't know matt you do crossfit like a big box jump which you're actually really good at that's your thing i do like box jumps (laughs) i can jump up onto this table right now blow your mind i'm sure you could (laughs) but that's the kind of thing where yes got to talk about crossfit today (laughs) (laughs) i know that's yeah you can check off your box always achievement it's always something i'm tell me do you feel like i bring it up too no, often you don't. thank you yeah <laughs> good some people do though uh, that's like the first rule try of crossfit it. is tell all your neighbors about i try it. to intentionally not talk about it i know because of the stereotype yeah okay okay but back to that <laughs> small steps versus box jump i think people can can see that viscerally that that, that the, the yeah. step up the stairs makes walking it, up some steps is going to be a lot easier than yeah. like throwing your entire body body up, up onto a 30 inch yeah it's box. more yeah. more practical more attainable <laughs> and so you you aren't not to demoralize you, you're not going to achieve financial independence overnight and you don't need to. You can achieve more and more of it by doing the right things with your money, by saving, by investing more of it while paying off debts steadily along the way each and every month like clockwork. But if you can pinpoint your exact location, that can help you get excited about the next goal. And I think it can actually incentivize progress versus demoralizing you that you're not going to be able to do it in one, three, or five years. Like It's like, no, I'm just going to continue to experience greater levels of this financial freedom, and I'm going to enjoy it as I make that progress. Yeah. It's all about breaking it down and just doing the next right thing, which I'm pretty sure there's a Frozen 2 song about that. But it (laughs) it makes me think, like you recently talked about the Couch to 5K app, and what makes that so successful is that it's they they make it attainable. there are these doable steps and you know what there's actually like couch to 10k there's couch to marathon programs as well because that's like you can achieve that and that's what we're talking about here with financial independence we're not stopping at 5k like we're going all the way to like ultra marathon (laughs) that's the level that we're going to and this also makes me think about when kate and i went hiking last year at old rag mountain it was a beautiful, you know, it was snowy. So it's all, we're walking through the woods. It's great. And then we get to a section of the trail where we get up onto this ridge and we look up and you can kind of see the rockier section. And Kate kind of freaked out a little bit because she was looking at this entire difficult section that we were going to scale, that we're going to like climb slash hike over the next hour or two all at once. That can be incredibly intimidating. And that's what it's like when you say, oh yeah, you need uh, $2.8 million in order to retire, which right. is whatever the recent number is that different news outlets will, will throw out there. That's demoralizing as opposed to saying, hey, babe, I know that that looks intimidating and kind of scary, but let's, we're going to take it 30 feet at a time. We're going to look at the boulder or whatever portion of the trail that's in front of us, and we're going to conquer that. And then once you do that, you look up ahead, you look up ahead and you realize, oh, well, I can do the next 30 feet. I can do the next 50 feet. 
that's what it's like when it comes to achieving that final or what do we call it fully financial yeah. <laughs> full fi. fully fi full fi yeah that is the overall view when you're looking back at the big thing and you're thinking wait we're, we're gonna get up to there like we're gonna achieve that it's important to have that goal in mind but does that help you in the day-to-day with the small movements no that's why we wanted to break this down into some of these manageable stages these more attainable stages of fi that we think can help you to get there more successfully i think the other important thing about the stage viewpoint, like thinking of it this way, is that who really wants to delay all the best experiences that money can buy until they hit full retirement age, right? uh, Not I. You often can't enjoy them quite as fully at that point in time. And so going back to the fisherman example, that chill existence in the community of family and friends, right? Owning more of your time uh, in the here and now, well, that'll make you happier than copious possessions in a much bigger house. And uh, and, and I think it'll be, he, he got to enjoy it along the way, as opposed to shooting for it as a goal of just uh, what he can do during those retirement years, during yeah. the golden years, After right? 40 years of hard yeah. labor where you neglect all of those other aspects of life, yeah. that's when I'll want to do all those things. But will my health be there? Will my friends be there? Will I be in a state of mind to actually be able to enjoy it, I would, we're, we're arguing that no, you will not. Right. If right. you don't practice along the way. Yeah. And so fr- freedom we think is the best thing that money can buy because it means you get to call the shots more and more about how you spend your time. And we think that you're more rich when you can go on a hike or a bike ride or have a long lunch with your spouse on a weekday, a random weekday, just at the drop of a hat. That's how to money rich right yeah, there. Yeah. Right? Then if you can afford <laughs> a yacht, but then you have to work 80 plus hours a week in order to keep it. Like Boo. that is not financial independence. <laughs> that is not a goal worth shooting for, for most people, right? That is not the kind of lifestyle they want to lead. And so, yeah, th- just these stages of financial independence will let you enjoy, allow you, I think, to enjoy your life more and more along the way, along the journey, as opposed to feeling like you can't come up for air until you hit that gargantuan retirement, a number that's like a decade or two off in the future. Or or even more. Yeah. If you are, if you've got your first job and you're realizing, oh man, uh, (laughs) not only do I have to pay off again, all of this debt that I've got, but then beyond that, I've got to sock aside, set aside this much money. Mm -hmm. That is... Or it can be overwhelming and demoralizing. But uh, all right, let's uh, shift gears. Let's get back to the beer, Joel, that you and I enjoyed. Again, this one was from Liz and Tyler. Thank you all so much for sending this one our way. But this is a hay burner, an American IPA. What were your thoughts, buddy? This one was more in the citrus direction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this one reminded me a lot of Trop. Oh, Trop- yeah, yeah. Just what? like really juicy and wet and citrusy. Yeah, yeah, which is like honestly the best IPA coming out of the state of Georgia. That's like mass produced, right? Sure. Uh, that you can always get in a six or a 12 pack. That is like the go to. It's a good one. For so many people still. And I agree. I think it tastes a lot like that one. And if I lived in New York, this might be a go to in my fridge. Yeah, it feels like the kind of beer that you always have on hand. That way you can be able to offer something to your guests because that's the kind of lifestyle, that's the kind of wealth. I want to be able to, to live. That's right. Versus having, like, was it a Telluride? That's your, your vehicle of choice yeah, now? It's not that expensive. What happened to the... You still want a Rivian, right? <laughs> Someday. <laughs> well, when they're used and some, way yeah, cheaper. Some far off day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, that's going to be it for this episode. You can find our show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com. And that's also where you can find our credit card tool, which is the easiest way to find a credit card that's offering the benefits that you're looking for and you can find that there at the top bar on our website but dude that's going to be it for this one until next time best friends out best friends out
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you.